Hey guys, welcome to WrestleBuddies GameSpot's wrestling podcast that celebrates friendship in and out of the ring. I am GameSpot Entertainment News Editor Matt Elfring, and I am joined by my closest and best WrestleBuddy GameSpot Entertainment Editor Chris Hayner. Chris, how are you on this fine day? I, I'm fantastic, Matt. I'm holed up in a house uh, thousands, maybe, of miles away from you, but we're going to talk about wrestling, and it's going to be good. We Chris is... Uh, in California, outside of LA, in LA, whatever. I don't know California geography. <laughs> and I am outside of Chicago, in Chicago. I don't know geography. That's just how we roll. <laughs> I legit have no idea if it's hundreds or th- is it? It's got to be over a thousand miles away, right? We, I think we're like two thousand miles away from each other. Wow! Look at us. We are forty thousand miles away from each other, moving at the speed wow. of light. These are numbers I'm throwing out there. Let's get Chris. What is Wrestle Buddies? I mean, this is a first episode. We should probably explain what this is. Well, Matt, when I joined a GameSpot, I didn't know pretty much anybody here. And then I met you. And where did we bond over? It was wrestling, my friend. Wrestling is the bond that brings so many people together. And we just want to talk about it. There are there are plenty of people here who at, when I say here, I mean GameSpot that enjoy wrestling. Uh, but we actually became not just not just coworkers, but like real life, very, very close friends, probably one of my best friends. Uh, and it was really because of wrestling. It really and it really was. And then we actually got to go to wrestling together and it was an experience like no other. And one I wouldn't trade for anything. Not not at all. I got to see uh, Joey Ryan live and meet him for the first time or second oh. time. I don't remember. <laughs> wrestling gets all mushed together. Uh, so, yeah, essentially what the podcast breaks down to is it's it's us two friends talking about the things that we love and don't love about wrestling. Uh, it's not this isn't a recap wrestling show. This mm-hmm. isn't a we're going to get you caught up on what happened this week type of show. We're just going to talk about the things about wrestling that entertain us. And hopefully they entertain you as well. Let's just kick it off into high action. Chris, what do we got on the show this week? Oh, Matt. Well, okay. First of all, we're going to talk about maybe the most important topic in the history of wrestling. Mm -hmm. We are going to give our top five pro wrestling video games of all time. It's a very important discussion. We are also jumping in the Wayback Machine. We're going back to 1990. We're going to talk about the time RoboCop joined WCW. I know what you're thinking. RoboCop is both fictional and a robot and a cop. Doesn't matter. He was in WCW. But first, we're hot on the heels of, I'm going to go ahead and say the most weird bananas money in the bank pay-per-view of all time. Let's call it the wackiest. The wackiest. Listen, when AJ Styles is threatening to throw people off the top of a building, I call that wacky. You got to climb the literal (laughs) corporate ladder. So weird. But since we're, we're hot on the heels of that, we've got new money in the bank champions. We are going to break down our favorite Money in the Bank cash-ins because they're not all good. <laughs> some of them are bad, no. but some of them are so well done. I just there well the one one we're going to talk about is I was in the stadium for, and man, it blew the roof off the place. Well, why don't we just get right into it and break down our favorite Money in the Bank cash-ins of all time? I'm just going to go ahead and start off with the one I was actually there for. It's WrestleMania 31 in San Jose, California. I feel like it's where the 49ers play, which mm-hmm. they're the San Francisco 49ers, but it's not in San Francisco. It's stadiums are confusing. Levi's Stadium. 
Yes, it was a brand new stadium, big, beautiful stadium. And I was actually there to cover WrestleMania for work, not for GameSpot. And I know it. Listen, you guys hadn't figured out the greatness that is Chris Hainer yet. And it's a long show. I'm up in the press box with a bunch of other media. It's a long, long show. And we're halfway through the main event of Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. And then all of a sudden, Seth Rollins music hits and he runs to the ring like a maniac and just starts stomping everyone. This is before we like Seth Rollins now. Yes. We didn't like him for a while. Then we liked him before that. Then we didn't like him before that. And then we it, it's, it's a real repeated love hate thing going with Seth Rollins. But at the time, people were so even though he was a, a, a villain, a heel, if you will. People were so excited to see him run to the ring, stomp Brock Lesnar, stomp Roman Reigns and walk out with the title because he had lost to Randy Orton earlier in that night. Uh, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong. This is this is the year where Seth Rollins, he he wins the title and he's swinging it above his head like a (laughs) maniac at the end. Yes. He's standing at the top of the stage, swinging it above his head while fireworks going off literally everywhere. Mm -hmm. It was utter chaos it was so bananas but also fantastic it was such a good visual to end that show on and uh yeah that was by far that is my personal favorite money in the bank cash in i i would say just to add to like kind of the the, what was going on at the time within wwe programming is that you have roman reigns versus brock lesnar and nobody wanted that match because there's no good winner there no yeah, the at fans? the time, it, like people hadn't fully turned against Roman, like because there was obviously it's not the case now, but there was a time when the fans were very much not in Roman's favor, and they hadn't completely turned against him yet. But they weren't as on board; they weren't main event on board with him mm-hmm. at that point. And I feel like the majority of people have been kind of over Brock for a while, but maybe that's just me. So what else have we got, Chris? What, what go, give us the second best? Ooh, um. Just for pure, it, not because it turned out so well, but for pure crowd reaction alone, Dolph Ziggler cashing in in 2013 on Alberto Del Rio. Um, there was a, believe it or not, there was a period of time when the audience craved Dolph Ziggler and it looked like <laughs> he might be the next big thing. He was bumping like Shawn Michaels. He was cool. He didn't flat iron his hair all the time. He was just a good, good dude. And then he turned face. He became a good guy after a long run as a villain, won money in the bank. And when he finally cashed it in, his music hit. And it was the loudest I can remember outside of The Rock's return. Yeah. Uh, The loudest I can remember a crowd being while like as, as it's portrayed on television. Mm-hmm. it's like they lit up and then he came out and he won the title and they got louder and it was just, it was so well done. It came across so well. And then Dolph, I think got a concussion and he was out for a month and then he was out for another month. And then, and then he never was, recovered. No, no. I mean, like he re- physically he, he recovered, but physically he recovered, but like character wise and programming wise, he never recovered. He hasn't, he has yet to sort of reach that height again, mm-hmm. both in terms of fan popularity, but also just in terms of like booking of his character. Yeah. It's, it's a bummer that it went out like that because man, he had built himself up so, so big. 
Chris, I'd like to take you on a journey with, I guess it was to be my favorite money in the bank cash in. Okay. Um, with the money in the bank cash in, you get the contract, you can cash in whatever, uh, oh, yeah. something that should have been explained up front, but you, everybody that's listening to this already knows. Uh, I don't like to wait around. I like people to, to get that, get that contract and be like, it's time. And in 2016 at the uh, money in the bank uh, match, Dean Ambrose won and then later cashed it on Seth Rollins and, <laughs> and, and won the, t- it was just such a, it was perfect. And I remember interviews with him afterwards. He's like, I didn't want to carry around the briefcase to like the airport or to hotels. I just wanted to get rid of it. Well, cause that's the thing that you don't really think about. That's actually true. Like it's, Yes, it's an on-screen, it like, A, it becomes an on-screen prop, but it's an on-screen prop that they have to carry from town to town. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, in fact, I'm pretty sure people who have held uh, both the briefcase and, a, like, a title, either a tag title or, like, an intercontinental title, have said that, like, oh, no, yeah, I keep my gear and my belt inside the briefcase. When they get that contract and when they're, you know, they have that whole year to actually cash it in, you know, that night, usually uh, during the pay-per-view is when the commentators start pushing the idea like, oh, no, we can cash in at any time. But, but they you're never, never do. expecting it to happen that night. Mm-mm. It wouldn't make sense to do it that night, make complete sense to do it that night. But you're waiting for like, OK, the next pay-per-view or like when someone's super beaten up. But Dean or when, just, or when or when the raw rating is down and they need to like just juice a little extra audience out of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but cashing in that night is such a awesome idea you can't do it all the time you can only do it you know once in a blue moon mm-hmm. uh but it's just it's so exciting because it you know it makes that main event so much better unless the main event's the actual money in the bank match and that's a whole other story well it's also it, that one in particular was also a perfect storm because a it was it, it made sense in the main event story uh seth rollins and the former dean ambrose had so much history with the shield plus seth had previously cashed in on a main event against his other former shield member in Roman Reigns. So it was, mm-hmm. it was this nice little bit of just poetry to end that, that sort of run. Chris, bring us to the next one. <laughs> All right. I, <laughs> oh no. Oh, Hello, voice. Matt. Hi. Uh, I actually I have two more in mind that I think are among the very best. The first one I'm going to talk about is just the first one. It's when Edge cashed in. uh, It was back in 2006. He won it at WrestleMania 21, the one Mm -hmm. I attended, and uh, he held on to it for over six months. And when he and, and in that time, he became the rated R superstar. Like that was the build to that character. And then when he cashed it in on John Cena, after John Cena had somehow survived an elimination chamber match, he's covered in blood. And all of a sudden here comes edges music. Okay. He's handing over the briefcase Edge is the new champion. It's his, it was his first world championship reign. It did not last long, but it was such a very, very cool moment to watch. Chris, and that brings us to the last one. And that would be uh, Rob Van Dam. I hope you pointed to yourself when I said that. Cashing yes. in ECW one night stand back in 20 six. That, oh man, that was a weird one. Uh, this was when WWE was trying to relaunch. Remember when WWE tried to relaunch ECW? Uh, how could we forget? That went well. It's all on the network, you guys. Go to the wwnetwork.com or whatever it is and look at one of the most interesting runs of a television show. 
Sandman, be- Sandman beating up a zombie with a Singapore cane is pretty nuts. As, as sort of the launching platform for ECW, Rob Van Dam won Money in the Bank at Mania that year and then turned around and challenged. Ju- First of all, he declared himself ECW champion, which I still find very interesting. I was mm. like, I don't know how. A, how do you declare yourself champion of a dead brand? B, how do you declare yourself champion of a brand new brand that hasn't even started yet? But he declared himself ECW champion and challenged John Cena for the WWE championship at an ECW show uh, that ended in shenanigans. Like, the match was great. It ended in shenanigans when a mysterious man wearing a motorcycle helmet showed who, showed, <laughs> who looked a lot like Edge showed up, showed up and speared John Cena through a table. Um, and then quickly unmasked himself to reveal it was Edge. At that so point, like, though, like it's a man in a motorcycle helmet. There's long hair popping out the back. Um, he spears somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm, there's no one else but Edge. Also, he didn't even try to. He didn't run away. No, he's just like, look, it's Edge, everybody. All right, I'm out of here. Yeah, Rob Van Dam is a former WWE champion. He beat John Cena. Mm-hmm. He held the WWE and ECW titles until he got pulled over. And uh, I believe, allegedly, I want to say allegedly, because I honestly, I don't know for sure. Like uh, a fair amount of marijuana was found in his car. I know what you're thinking. Not Rob Van Dam. But yes, Rob Van Dam. <laughs> Not the guy whose all of his wrestling outfits look like he got them painted at the mall by a, some guy in a kiosk. Legit, Rob Van Dam's ring attire looks like a van that follows the Grateful Dead. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a segment. Just what does Rob Van Dam's ring attire look like? Rob Van Dam's ring attire looks like a fish poster. Rob Van Dam's ring attire looks like a couple the day after prom at Great America. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, oh, so yeah, th- those are those are for our money. I think the best money in the bank cash ins. I'm very interested to see what happens now. Get a cl- climb the corporate ladder. The corporate ladder thing blows my mind. What a match! It's a real thing. What a match! Oh boy. Let's end that there because Chris, I got a question for you. What's up, Matt? What are your top five wrestling video games? Okay, so what listeners will learn as we go along is Matt and I love listing things. We're going to have so many top fives, so many lists to go through, but we're starting with obviously the best of all, as he said, our top five wrestling video games of Mm -hmm. all time. I can't. Going- I can't wait, Chris, to get to episode four hundred and eighty, where it's it's top five uh, laces in Ricky Steamboat's outfits. Oh, I'm actually super stoked for our hundredth episode, where we are going to do the top five uh, Triple H water spits. Oh, can't wait! It's gonna be good. There was a time Stephanie did it with him, and it looked weird. Wasn't <laughs> that a WrestleMania? That's when <laughs> they fought so, Ronda Rousey, yeah. I believe. <laughs> what a time. Uh, but no, we're starting out with top five wrestling video games because honestly, as much as we talk about wrestling, we might actually talk more about wrestling video games at this point. Uh, and Matt, we're going to go one for one, right? We're one for one where you will say one and then I will say one. Well, it's very creative and very original. Good for us. Mm-hmm. We are um, very smarts. 
All right, I'm starting with number five. Five. My number five, I feel like, is one that won't be on literally anyone else's list on this planet, and it is WrestleMania 19 on the GameCube. I feel like this is one of the few I did not play. Uh, I will say this. I feel like by not playing it, you're, you're almost doing yourself a disservice because while, yes, it would mean you need a GameCube, and I do not recommend that, um, it, for me, felt like the closest to a spiritual successor to uh, No Mercy, the like the WrestleMania 2000 No Mercy line of games. Like the THQ uh, ones. Yes, the THQ Ukes, I guess, line of games. Slash Or Aki, AKI. Slash, yeah. Uh, this, this for my money was the closest to that vibe. It had a somewhat similar, uh, grappling scheme. It had very, very fun options for create a wrestler. Uh, mm-hmm. so many different things you could do for create an entrance. So many, something this game did, uh, obviously we both love create a wrestlers. Yes. Uh, something this game did that I feel like every other game is missing out on is being able to time entrances. Where you could be like, okay, wait, A, you could choose different camera angles, which is something that we used to have a lot. But B, you could say like, okay, I want this. I want like 10 seconds to pass before my wrestler makes their way in. It's not. Why is that not a thing now? I don't know. Instead, you get a bunch of like pre-positioned, like just pieces from other wrestlers entrances. Yeah. But this, you could time it out so well to make sure your character walked out at the right second in any given entrance theme. And it was just, it was wonderful. It needs to be timed with the music. Yes. Uh, the, 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 the thing going against this game, I think is that it was one of those, wrestling games where you could hit anyone at any point in any move and just knock everybody down. Oh, yeah. But, but I will say that I will say when you're playing with more than one person, it adds such a fun element to whatever's going on. Yeah. What you got for your number five, Matt, (laughs) Chris, I've got, uh, it's probably the, probably the newest, uh, one on this list. And that's fire pro wrestling world, which was, 2019 i don't remember when it came out 2017 maybe actually it's not the newest um fire pro is beloved by many many people Mm -hmm. Um, i love fire pro for the reasons they don't love it (laughs) the the creator wrestler is decently in depth it's fine um gameplay itself is fine i enjoy it i'm not in love with the gameplay what I love it's about much, Fire... it's it's very much more like it's very old school arcadey type of wrestling. Yes. But with it, really intricate moves, which I find interesting. It, it takes a little to get a hang of if you've been playing like the Smackdown series or the 2K <laughs> series. Literally any other wrestling game. Any other wrestling game. Yeah. Uh, but what I love for it is a uh, promoter, Fire Pro promoter, where you mm-hmm. just run your own wrestling federation. You have to take on other federations, become the best federation. And all I do is load in uh tons of created wrestlers that other people have made and make my own like aew promotion or old Mm -hmm. school wcw promotion and see like i so i do the same i well i create my own promotion i just take i pick my favorite wrestlers from the indies and other companies hangman adam page is my current champion i will just go ahead and say that mine's kenny Um, omega there you go he my my hangman is feuding with kenny omega because for some reason they have wonderful matches together um Yeah, Fire Pro Wrestling World, the the fire promoter mode of that game, it feels very much like a more in-depth version 
of GM mode from yes. the days of old. My only issue with it is that like it's missing some of just like the little user interface touches that makes going through GM mode so easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love the functionality. I love everything you can do inside of Fire Pro. I wish there were things like more match types and whatnot. But like something that never happened to me playing WWE's GM mode that happens to me all the time with Fire Pro is I'll book a card and then I'll watch a few of the matches on the card because they are fascinating to watch. Exactly. It's a, it's actually a lot of fun to watch wrestlers wrestle in that game. Uh, but yeah, the GM mode is, uh, I'm sorry, fire promoter mode. The one thing I'm really missing from it is that you can't start rivalries. And mm. I think that always helps. It's a very, it's a, that game is not based in American wrestling. It's based very mm-hmm. heavily in Japanese wrestling. That's the best way to put it. Yeah, and it's your you're picking uh, venue sizes, you're picking ticket prices, you're picking how are you advertising the shows. It is, it is very much like while general manager mode is sort of a surface level like WWE version of being a wrestling promoter. Yeah, uh, uh, fire promoter actually makes you do makes you like look into like well if we run this venue at this ticket price, this is how many tickets we could sell versus this venue at this ticket price. And also, good luck trying to get a show in Europe to make money. Oh, good lord, no! Yeah, Chris, what's your number four? Four. Uh, for my number four, I actually have to dip back in time a little bit because I just got out my Xbox 360 because I have so much extra time now. And what I'm revisiting is SmackDown versus Raw 2008, featuring ECW. Oh, it's such a good game. It's so good. There's so many weird extra like weapon moves there. Like it introduces fighting styles for the first time, which is where you can make your character a quote unquote hardcore fighter or a high flyer. And each fighting style gets you can you can assign two fighting styles to your character and each one gives you special moves. The hardcore one lets you hit yourself in the face with a chair until you bleed. And then it may that makes you super powerful. <laughs> It's like the crimson mask. That's the kind of game this is. Yeah. Uh, it's it's so much fun. I will say, after playing the 2K series for so long, the get figuring out the controls again is are, is not easy, but it's 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 a blast. It's 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 good. It also has general manager mode. I would say it is my least favorite of the THQ GM modes. I, I would say that I think 2006 maybe is the best one. I think so because I also I, I I gave a little time to 2007 again went with since I've got same here the Xbox out and like the GM mode is fine but it's it's they seem to make things worse with every new year and then they just stop doing it yeah so I, my issues with with 2008's GM mode it's just it's hard to see who's booked in a match sometimes um. Also, you can't compare. You can't see what the other shows booked for their cards. That's just gone. You you can after you have to go to the calendar after you've done the shows and then go back and look. Oh, really? It's a pain. Okay, delete this part. No, we're not deleting it. We're keeping that in. Don't make me look stupid, Matt. Well, we're all going to look stupid at some point. <laughs> but no, ultimately, like, even though I'm not loving the GM mode, I'm loving the game. Figuring out the controls is rough, but once you do, it's so much fun. It's it's a real snapshot in time is what I like about it. Also, Sabu is in it, and that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> what 
What do you got for your number four, Matt? I am taking you back to the 90s to a an arcade game that I love, and it is not the one you're thinking of. I am talking about Saturday Night Slam Masters, which is Capcom's beat-em-up that just takes place in a wrestling ring. <laughs> what is... I don't know if I've ever played this game. You... Okay, you remember that level of final fight? Um, I believe it's level three, maybe four, where you fight uh, Sodom in the wrestling ring and he's got the katanas. Mm-hmm. They made that level into an entire game. That seems like a bad idea. It's not. It co- um, I believe it Mike good? Hager is in it. Uh, it's just. Mick Jagger is in this game? <laughs> Mike Mayor Mike Hagar, the oh, okay. the mayor of Metro City, whose daughter was kidnapped and he went on a quest to go get her back i mean that's cool that's i wouldn't say that's as impressive as mick jagger but that's pretty cool it's it's just it's characters that feel like they could be in a final fight game wrestling in a ring it's very much <laughs> a it's almost like a street fighter meets a 2d beat-em-up is the best way to put it that it, sounds it, dope it, it, genre wise it is very much a snapshot of its time it's a it's a game that's hard to find like i, I keep waiting for someone to re-release it or maybe like arcade one up to put it out and it nothing all right the moment they do i'm assuming you're putting it in your house this is a whole other conversation <laughs> that I would love to have <laughs> about arcade one up and how they need to have saturday night slam masters wrestlefest uh, royal rumble and there's one other one uh wrestlemania the arcade all on one box anyway saturday night slam master is just a really fun simple you know it's like three button controls i think at most it's been so long since I've played it. I played it in arcade like last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I have so much nostalgia love for that game and it's just so much fun and simple. And it's kind of all you need from like a nineties wrestling arcade game. That's awesome. Chris, give me that number three. three. All right. My number three is one that honestly, I feel like most people consider the, not their number one. And that is virtual pro wrestling Two, the Japanese game. Uh, A game that I know as sort of the godfather of that THQ, a.k.i. Ukes run of wrestling games on the N64. But I had never actually played it because I don't live in Japan, nor do I have a Japanese N64 until uh, lovely GameSpot uh, entertainment managing editor Mike Rougeau went to Japan and says, do you want me to bring you anything? And I says, find me VPW2. And he, he literally he he went to a store called Super Potato because Japan and he brought me the the Japanese N64 cartridge, which I then had to mod to fit into my Nintendo 64. Oh, man. Um, or no, I had to mod my Nintendo 64 to be able to take the game. Um, but oh, man, was it worth it? It's it's such a fun game. And. Once you, you know, look up on look, look up translations of the menus online so you can actually get to a match. Uh, <laughs> it's the it's the framework of just a beautiful, beautiful game. And it's it's so clear that like all the games that came after it were just like, oh, just take VPW and like slightly change it. I know. I think I know a bit about this. This VPW2 is the one that had the American wrestlers like I believe Flair was in it and Hogan mm-hmm. and. Or yep. there were people modeled after those characters. Yeah. On top of all the Japanese characters that already Correct. do exist. Also Vader. 
Vader, that's right. Oh, God, yeah, Vader. <laughs> Vader's rad. Because he was an NJ, uh, NJPW at that time. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, it's it's such a fun game. If you listen, if you find yourself in Japan, uh, buy buy a copy like they're like what's crazy is like to so many American wrestling game fans. This is like the Holy Grail there. It's just kind of a game. Yeah, because they had it. So like it didn't cost much money to get a and B just like come home and like take a nail file to your N64. and You'll be fine. It'll still probably play. You know what? I'm not going to recommend that anybody should go out and screw with their N64. I'm just telling you what I did. Chris, I'm going to I'm going to deliver to you my number three. And again, we are going nostalgia heavy. It is a game I have played in the last year, at least. Mm-hmm. And it is WWF WrestleFest for the arcade. Ooh. Do you like two game. button controls? Do you like pounding the buttons as hard as possible? Do you like computers that beat you down and the only way to get your life back is to add more quarters? Then you'll love WrestleFest. And as a kid, I loved those things and I loved this game. It's it is so much fun. It's again, much like Saturday Night Slam Masters. It is just so simple. It's some of your favorite characters from that era. The sprites look so good for the time. The music's great. And um, sometimes I confuse WrestleFest and the Royal Rumble game, but they're pretty much the same game anyway. It's just it's just kind of simple fun, which, you know, when you're playing something like a 2K game or even Fire Pro, everything gets overly complicated. You have to completely learn how to play something. And that can be a little bit tasking at times with with WrestleFest. It's like this button jumps, this button punches. Got it. I'll work from here. (laughs) Uh, Chris, number two. Two. All right. I think we should tag team this one. Hey, wrestling terminology, because <laughs> we did it. Our, our number two is the same, and that is WWE 2K19. Yes, it is. It is the best of the 2K series. It is the best of the 2K series. We will not talk about 2K20 because it's best left forgotten. I will at some point have to talk about 2K20, but... Now is not the time because no, it's won't. not a best list. <laughs> uh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, um, 2K19 is it's so good that when 2K20 came out, I just reverted back to 2K19 and kept playing 2K19 because it's great. My me and my friends from home, we've built our own federation. Mm-hmm. We have a complete roster of characters. We fight each other. We have titles. We like it's it's 2K19 is fantastic. It has problems like every wrestling game. I wish there was a little bit more customization and like entrances and whatnot, but it's great. It's so great. Yeah, you universe mode is a lot of fun to play. I, mm-hmm. I just really enjoy, you know, making characters, having a good time with it, and just playing the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh especially my- making characters though. My one, I would say my one real nitpick with the game, and this kind of just extends to the 2K series overall, is that they keep trying to do sort of a season mode. Yeah. And it's it, it never really adds up. It becomes it becomes a kind of it becomes a mode where you just sort of give up because it just keeps going with little progress because you have mm-hmm. to keep grinding and grinding and grinding. And. I lo- I loved the 2K19 season mode at first 
But then halfway through it, I was like, I feel like I'm not making any progress. And I just want to go wrestle matches. I, I believe I got to um, Matt Hardy and I finished that section and I said, I'm done. I don't need to see where this goes. I like the part where I was on the indies. Yeah, that was fun. I'd go back and do more of that. Wrestling washed up people. Like that sounds cool. I th- but they were there. 2K is really just trying to ape what they've been doing on the NBA series. And that career mode is, or at least when I played it in 2018, I think it's the last time I played that career mode is mm-hmm. fantastic. Right. But it doesn't travel to wrestling as well. Yet. Yes. yes. And that's the thing. I'm hopeful that it will one day. I know with 2K20, they, they added in a female. So you're playing as a male and a female in season mode. But that was very, very buggy, so it's hard to get through. But, yeah, 2K, like, when they announced that we weren't going to get a new game this year, if not for 2K20, I feel like, or 2K19, I feel like I would have been really bummed out. But this just means I get another year of playing 19 Mm -hmm. and further building out the sort of the universe me and my friends have built, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, Chris, let's get down to the number ones. Deliver your number one, which I know they are both. Uh, both our number ones kind of live in the same house, essentially. One. Yes, they do. Um, my number one. So my number one is honestly, I don't care what Matt's about to say. Mm-hmm. It's the greatest wrestling video game ever made. And anyone who disagrees is both wrong and silly. Oh, boy. <laughs> my number one is uh the nintendo 64's wwf no mercy which is a phenomenal game it's it it honestly has everything that i want in a wrestling game except it doesn't have gm mode like it has a really good creation suite it has really fun matches it has a season mode a branching season mode Mm -hmm. that lets you go in so many different directions and yes they're all you're pretty much just the rock in all of them and you're delivering the rocks dialogue in the lead up to wrestlemania 2000 uh uh, not the game wrestlemania 2000 the actual wrestlemania 2000 event yeah yeah a mcmahon in every corner show uh but it's everything about it is so much fun and you know what it has that for my money, any game in the genre that doesn't have it is worse off for not having. What's that? Special guest referee match. Yes, thank you. The special guest referee match is the most fun match to play with your friends. And it's just not there. No. And that is such a bummer. Yeah. Uh, but it and it it in in No Mercy. It plays well. The controls for special guest referee are flawless. You can count people out. You can go for the pin. You can you can submit them. You could do fast counts. You could you could you could Bret Hart them. You could make you could call them as a submission even if they don't tap. There's just so it's so much fun. And man, I really need games to add this option back in because I want to screw over my friends because I'm terrible. I am terrible. You're a monster. It's true. How about you, Matt? What's your number one that's, I guess, also pretty good? Uh, 100%. You know, as as we were writing out these top lists, 
I was thinking to myself, like, oh, man, the greatest wrestling games of all time. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is just my favorites. This isn't a top anything. It's just like, these are my favorites. Deal with it. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> if they were the real <laughs> tops, if they were the real tops, Chris, our list would be identical. Identical. They'd all yeah. say WWF Warzone one through five. Oh, my God. Shut up. I hated those games. <laughs> they were terrible. <laughs> As was WWF Raw on the original Xbox. I could talk about that one for days. The only reason I bought that one, I'm getting completely off topic. I don't care. The only reason I bought that was because you could um, put in your own music. So I could put in, like, yep. I want this guy to come out to some real cool ska music. Oh, this guy's coming out to the Misfits. That's the only reason I bought that game. <laughs> I, I will say, I should know, I forgot to mention that when we were talking about SmackDown versus Raw 2008. Uploading your own music was the best. Yeah. Anyways, my number one, Chris, uh, we're going back in that little nostalgia machine for me. Uh, It is WCW NWO Revenge for the Nintendo 64. Mm. This was the, I believe, the second time in America we got that kind of uh, AKITHQ game with the WCW one being the first. But WCW NWO, it just nails, for, for me, what a wrestling game should be at that time. The first one was World Tour, right? Yes, it was. And then this, yeah, uh, you are, you're so right on. This was actually the first modern wrestling game I ever had. Yeah. I, aside from NES games and SNES, like Royal Rumble, Raw, uh, WrestleMania, Steel Cage, Challenger, whatever. This was the, this is the one I put the time into. There's no real creator wrestler, but you do get great, you know, fake wrestlers in there like Brokowski and AKI man. I always call them Aki man. I still say Aki. Yeah, that's that's fair. Whatever. Uh, Also, you could also you could change the colors and some of the options on the wrestlers that were in the game. So if you you can put them all in T-shirt and jeans, which I did a lot (laughs) because it was the it was the, you know, mid to late 90s. Like everybody wrestles in T-shirt and jeans. Now, everybody's in W.O. Hulk Hogan is in Raven's flock. (laughs) That's that's another thing I loved about that game was it was separated essentially by stables. It was N.W.O. Black and white N.W.O. Red uh raven's flock wcw guys rick flair <laughs> rick flair there might have been a four horsemen section now that i think of it i think there was i got a part of me wants to say there was um not lwo oh there's another group in there it was pre this was pre filthy animals so it definitely yes, it wasn't was. them but uh, like there might have uh, like legit just been like a cruiserweight section. Like, you know, the, the, it's just listed as like the people who carry the show. Yeah. And, and that the roster is so deep for that time. And so oh, that God, was yes. amazing. I, I could play as Chris Jericho and beat up Alex Wright as much as I wanted. And Alex Wright had that dance, man. Oh, the, dude. Taunting people with that dance was the best. Oh, it's so good. Disco Inferno a, too. Great dancing. What a game. Jeez. Chris, We've been in the past quite a bit so far. There's mm-hmm. no, there's no real present. <laughs> Why wrestling stop games. now? Chris, let's, let's get in that nostalgia machine that we've been hearing so much about. Yes, uh, buddy. Let's go back to the past and check out RoboCop and WCW. The thing about wrestling is a lot of it's not good sometimes. Uh, and a prime example of that is. The year is 1990. The day is May 19th. The WCW pay-per-view is Capital Combat, colon, Return of RoboCop. I know what you're thinking. 
Robocop's coming back to wrestling. I didn't know he was in wrestling in the first place. Shut up. Don't ask questions like that. <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't returning. That's just what they called it because return also starts with an R, I guess. I don't really know. It doesn't make sense. Uh, this was first of all, if you haven't seen this and you have the WWE Network, if not, it's only nine ninety nine. Right? Chill. <laughs> no if you have if you haven't seen this and you happen to have the wwe network uh go watch capital combat return of robocop from 1990 if not it's on youtube you're fine uh this pay-per-view t- was set one month before robocop 2 hit theaters and i want to stop right there and i want yes. to emphasize something about 1990 uh you and i were uh eight years old during that time and yep. I sure was RoboCop one rated R movie hard yeah. R, but I didn't see it in theaters. That's for, that's for sure. Neither did I, but RoboCop was everywhere. Kids loved RoboCop. There was a cartoon. There was toys. Like I was super into RoboCop and I had never seen the movie because he's a cop. That's a robot. That's right. So I had toys and I had the NES game, which was terrible. It was terrible, but, uh, but, but I played the heck out of it. But RoboCop was like the biggest thing in the world at movie wise at that time. I know Batman was about was already out, too, but bear with us. RoboCop is huge. It makes sense for him to be involved in anything he can to merchandise the hell out of it. Except wrestling is largely aimed at younger audiences. And in theory, younger audiences couldn't go see RoboCop, too, which is what this entire thing was designed to promote. Yep. (laughs) And it is. It's very strange. If you go back and you watch the show, first you see the arrival of RoboCop, who just... Sh- there is so much about this that blows my mind. RoboCop and Sting show up with an like a Secret Service security force, which he's RoboCop. I don't know why he needs a bunch of dudes in like Ray-Bans and suits to keep him safe. It looks cool. It, it looks cool until you think about it for like half a second. You're like, this doesn't make sense. And then it makes total sense to me, Chris. RoboCop needs guys in Ray-Bans. Well, he can't pull out his gun at the show, I'm guessing. So that's probably why. Um, And the weird thing about RoboCop arriving in WCW is he wasn't there to have a match. In fact, Sting, who he was allied with, also didn't have a match on the show. Sting was just feuding with the Four Horsemen and Ric Flair specifically at the time. And this was done to, I guess he's just going to be Sting's backup in case something happened. But the thing was like, they built up to this. There was a whole segment, a video segment of Sting and RoboCop together from uh, a month, weeks prior, something like that, that they played on WCW programming. Mm -hmm. That is uh, odd. Um, Take a listen to this and tell me this isn't odd. Horseman, you said you were going to take me out. You said I'd never wrestle again. But you made a big mistake when you started messing with the little stingers. So now the time has come. And Flair, if you think you're invincible. Take it over, Creed. It's weird, Chris. It's so bizarre. 
Nothing about it makes sense. And I feel like it's important to note, this wasn't like someone in a cheap RoboCop costume. Mm-mm. This was like the movie costume. It looked ridiculously good. It looked it had more production value than literally anything that ever happened on WCW. <laughs> like I'm assuming the cost of that costume could have paid for the first three seasons of nitro. It could have paid for four glacier outfits. Oh my God. It could have, it could have kept disco inferno like flush with cash for three decades. No one would have needed to get Viagra on a pole if they had that much money or Judy Bagwell on a forklift. We've got a, there's a lot of WCW to get through eventually. Um, but it, it didn't make sense. And then what's worse is RoboCop didn't actually do anything after they got there. The four horse, like staying step to the four horsemen, they beat him up a lot. And then they locked him in a cage because that's cool. Right. They just locked him in a cage at ringside. And we're like, we got nothing else to do now. Q RoboCop who walks to the ring slower than anything has ever moved before. Mm-hmm. He inches his way to the ring, stops at the cage, turns to look at it, pulls the door off its hinges and just drops it and then stands there while the four horsemen act like someone's killed them. Like they're so over the top freaking out that that RoboCop has ripped a door and when I use the term ripped, uh, that's it's it's more like he gently pulled the door off the cage and dropped it. Sting freaks out because his life has, I guess, been saved. And then the four horsemen don't know what to do. So they just walk away. End of segment. Can we I want to I want to pause for one second. Um, something just clicked in my head. So the four horsemen, they, they had beaten up Sting. Yes. And then they put him in a cage. Mm-hmm. Now, prior to this, within the world of wrestling, within the storylines and everything of wrestling, they needed to secure a cage and bring it to the arena for when they jumped <laughs> Sting, put him in it, and then decided, well, man, we got to get this cage. Well, we should have the cage like, on the entrance ramp so like we can laugh at him after we beat him up. Yeah, even though he's got RoboCop. And I know he's got RoboCop because last week he said he's got RoboCop. Here's the thing. I am assuming uh, Ric Flair has a cage guy on retainer. He's got to. Like, yeah, it it doesn't. It does. It, it nothing. None of this makes sense. And it only gets weirder from there because after the four horsemen run away midway through the show. Sting and Robocop are like, okay, and they just leave. <laughs> cut to cut to the main event. Merkham cutting. It is, All right. Yes. Ric Flair is defending the title against Lex Luger. Mm-hmm. Uh, via shenanigans, uh, he is disqualified, thus retaining the championship. And what happens? Sting makes his glorious return to attack Ric Flair. But Sting didn't come alone, Matt. Who came with him? Chucky from the Child's Play movies. No, not yet. Give it time. But also not RoboCop. Instead, it's Giant Gonzalez from (laughs) WWF. Giant Gonzalez makes his debut and and helps attack them because I guess... They could only afford one segment with RoboCop. I don't I don't know uh, to it's, to quote one of my favorite reality stars, Joe Schmo. Uh, what is going on? <laughs> Fan. 
That's a weird reality show deep cut, Uh, guys. To quote quote, uh, one of my favorite people, that weird guy in RoboCop, I would buy that for a dollar. What's up? (laughs) It's everything about this is bizarre. RoboCop, who is half man, half cop, or half, half man, half robot, all law enforcement, I think. Sure. He does. Granted, he of course, he doesn't pull his gun out because that would be insane. But he doesn't throw a single kick or a punch. He doesn't say a word. He just he slowly removes the door and then he stands there while the four horsemen freak out and run away. That's his entire involvement. I'm glad RoboCop didn't pull out his gun because Chris, as you know, as a wrestling fan, as I know, and as some of you out there know, when you pull a gun out during wrestling events, it is weird. It ain't great. Brian Pillman. We'll talk about it at some point. Oh, remember Mr. McMahon peed himself? Oh, boy. Oh, so what a time. Pulling out guns in uh, in wrestling events. We all know it's fake. It's terror. It's just it doesn't work. Um, but it's still but it's RoboCop. Yeah. You, you, oh, it doesn't make any sense, Chris. You know what? You know what else doesn't work, Matt? This entire segment, because it didn't help RoboCop 2 in the box office at all. Are you telling me that children under the age of 10, like us at that time, didn't flock to (laughs) see RoboCop 2 after being completely confused about Giant Giant Gonzalez? I know. It's shocking. It's shocking to think about. But uh, RoboCop 2 ended up making $45.7 million at the box office, which in 1990 dollars might seem good the problem is it costs more to make than robocop one robocop one made 10 million more dollars at the box office than robocop two. Oh, so boy. yeah and and considering how big the sort of appetite for robocop had gotten mm-hmm. by that point the fact that the the second movie didn't just blow it away is shocking and uh makes wcw sense well chris let's just close up the nostalgia machine and never go back to that ever ever again i'm gonna go watch it again as soon as we're done let's do that and that is gonna be it for this week of uh wrestle buddies chris thank you for being a wrestle buddy thank you matt thank you for being a friend and dead or alive punk you're coming with me oh no where we going Oh no! That was a that was a super cool guy uh, movie reference to RoboCop. I don't know if you've heard of it. Oh no, never heard of it. Okay, but if you want to hear more, uh, follow us on the Twitters. Uh, Chris and I together are formed as Wrestle Buddies, and that's at Wrestle Buddies. I E S. One word. One, One word. word. And if that's on Twitter f- and Instagram, baby. Get those hot Instagram pictures of Chris and yes. I hanging out at wrestling events once a year. Also, if you think I'm not going to put pictures of RoboCop and WCW on the Instagram, you're out of your mind. We will have them up right now. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at I'm Matt Elfring. That's I-M-M-A-T-E-L-F-R-I-N-G. And I am at Chris Hayner, C-H-R-I-S-H-A-Y-N-E-R. Oh, we'll come back next week to Wrestle Buddies when we find out who's managing RoboCop. <laughs>